If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren, chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. All right, we're back for another episode and we're going to get into our question right here. Um, given that, you know, the current state of film and movies, TV are all based on some type of source material from Nergum. What franchise that you haven't seen adapted would you like to see on the big or small screen? Um, just off the bat, I've been thinking about this for a while. We need a Soul Calibur movie. Like, I know video game adaptations are always a little rough. Um, and they're always a little bad. We've already got Mortal Kombat. We've already got Street Fighter. They've done Tekken. They've even done Dead or Alive. I need Soul Calibur. Like, especially in this age of, like, fantasy and stuff, that's sort of, like, the perfect sort of story that could could turn into, like, a film series. So, yeah. Pick. Oh, let's see. I think for me, um, I'll stick with kind of comics, but maybe some of the... I was a huge, huge fan of Teen Titans. I think Teen Titans would technically be connected to DC, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would think the actual Teen Titans, the newer version is funny, but the one that was like in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, I would, I think I would go with like Beast Boy or something like that. Yeah, I could see so, that. Yeah, I feel like one that would genuinely kind of be maybe reasonable that they would actually do. I think that would kind of be an interesting one to see. So. And they have the show, but it's gotten mixed reviews. And I think it's most likely right. canceled because of HBO Max discoveries, all that stuff. Right. So I think uh, a focused version of that would be kind of interesting. I'd also love to see... A proper Sailor Moon thing. I think Japan's done live action before. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd love to see like that on the big screen if they could figure it out. What was interesting about Sailor Moon was that I don't really remember a lot of it as a kid. Like I, I remember the characters, but I don't remember what they were doing. Like what their goal was. I think. <laughs> yeah, I I know like. I get the premise, but like episodes, <laughs> I can't keep up. There's so many yeah, right. versions of that show. Yeah, I think that and Soul Calibur would be sort of like my dream to see okay. adapted, definitely. So first off, um, the Oscars, which are set for March 12th next year, will have Jimmy Kimmel returning as host, and this will be his third time a hosting um he's not a bad host but i don't know they could have gone different person they could got some new blood yeah i honestly think they could have there's something refreshing about getting someone that absolutely nobody knows or maybe somebody that we know but this would be a massive opportunity for him i don't see why that's so bad right and i still understand why like Wayne Brady is never considered. Yes. I think some of that has to do with like while he's known like how big is he in Hollywood despite the fact that he was on Whose Line Is It Anyway? He's been in multiple shows. He 
host that weird game show. I think if that's still on, I don't know, but right. He's he's known, but like he's still sort of like underrated. I don't understand. Right. I don't know. But, so we'll yeah. see how Jimmy does on March 12th. Um in other news, uh Twitter is experiencing some harsh consequences for having Elon Musk be the new owner and CEO. Um, we've seen just within the last week, multiple employees laid off, multiple employees resigning, uh, multiple versions of the subscription service that's supposed to be a profit right. uh, for, for the for the social media site and then it all gone away. Just chaos from the back end of that company. And I don't know, like, if his point is to bankrupt it, I, he should be held criminal charge because it's, it's blatant to see that something's going on. Right. And what's, what's, what's really kind of scary is that um, whatever happens to Twitter, you it, it's so ingrained in our daily lives, not just as a social media platform, but as a, a messenger of the news of of everything so mm -hmm. if it collapses this thing that's been around for what the last 10 or so years it, it i don't know it, it's going to be strange yeah and like it's when used right it's a wonderful source for actual information and on the ground reporting and him right. trying to bucket is plain as day to see, like him trying to ruin this source of information for his own like conservative agenda. It's right it's weird, and it all it all it did was it just turned into people making fun of him. <laughs> right, right. He's a very little man, person. Very. So don't know what's going to go on with that. Um. And then, of course, this weekend, past weekend, Dave Chappelle returned to SNL. Did you catch any of, of that? I, I did not. And to be honest, I haven't watched SNL in, in years. So. Yeah, I caught some clips when Meg The Stallion hosted. Um, but yeah, Dave Chappelle returned to host, and I guess it was good. But there was, you know, of course, somewhat controversy over his opening monologue to where he spoke about Kanye West and Kyrie Irving and their anti-Semitic comments, but in a way, he spoke about how I, I don't know, he referenced it without saying it, kind of, but then people assume it was still sort of anti-Semitic and that he was supporting their comments, but I don't think he was. I haven't listened to the monologue myself, so right, right. I'm not sure, but of course, he was going to push the boundaries. Yeah. So now, like, there's different organizations and coalitions calling foul. But, I mean, NBC, SNL knew what they were doing when they were getting him in the first place. Right. He's going to push a boundary. That's what he's been doing for the past five years or so, is just tipping on the borderline to um, antagonize or get reactions. So I don't, I don't know what they were expecting. Yeah, I don't think anybody can really be surprised, so... Yeah. So I'm I mean I wasn't eager to see it. 
and I probably still won't watch it. I just don't really care. Right, right. All right. So other news, box office, um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which opened this weekend, made a record 180 million domestically, which breaks the record for November release, which was formerly held by uh the Hunger Games Mocking J Part One, I believe, or Catching Fire. I think it's Catching Fire, which held the yeah. record for 158 million. And globally, it's on to pass to uh, amass 330 million. So it's wow. it's doing pretty well. It's the second highest yeah. film of the year, which I don't know what the first one was. Oh, Top Gun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot. But yeah, so it's on path to doing pretty great for Marvel. Great close to the end of the year, which saw their film sort of struggle not so much financially, but definitely critically. Um, this one's also gotten some good reviews. So, and we'll talk about that much later. Yeah. Um. Uh, then, uh, sadly, we lost uh two big names in sort of entertainment. Um, the comedian Gallagher, which I I had thought he had already left us previously, but um, he passed away. I guess he had accumulated quite a bit of few health issues. Within the last mm -hmm. decade, um, they say kind of passive organ failure. Um, yeah. He was big in the 70s and 80s, um, mostly known for the act where he would smash things on yeah. stage. That's well, all I knew. I, I, didn't, I didn't know he was like a real comedian. I didn't know that. I just thought he was a guy that smashed pumpkins. Right. Know, like, watermelon melons. Yeah, that's kind of like the only reference I had of him because other shows would, of course, reference that part of his, his sketch, but I guess he smashed other things and had other <laughs> other jokes and bits, but that was like the main thing we know, knew him for. Um, he was 76. And then a shock to many, uh, Kevin Conroy, who voiced Batman in over 40 productions for DC, including the acclaimed Batman animated series from the 90s, passed away at the age of um, 66. Um he was battling cancer. At, apparently, it was a short battle. So, I repeat to him. Um, and I had no idea that he was gay. Yeah, that's news to me. Yeah, so he he was actually quite an accomplished uh, stage actor and had small bits in TV as well. Um, but his, his big claim to fame was being the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman for decades um from the animated series to justice league justice unlimited to the animated films to the video games um he was many of our batman for this generation and the next so it was it was sad to see that he passed but you know the industry definitely loved him um and many tributes were posted um regarding him so rest in peace to kevin conroy yeah definitely that wraps up our headlines. We'll get into our feature presentation. All right. So this month, with the release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever being the end of Marvel Cinematic Universe fourth phase, where do we think this groundbreaking storytelling model is going next? So if, if you've been following along, you know that... We are currently in the multiverse saga, 
the first decade of Marvel films was titled uh, The Infinity Saga because, the, you know, it was the Infinity Stones that Thanos was right. collecting and then Infinity War and Endgame. Here we're in the multiverse saga where we're introducing clearly the multiverse, other dimensions of the same universe, various versions of the same character or variants. Um, and phase four counts from January 2021, which started with Black Widow all the way to the end of 2022 with a Wakanda Forever. And we also got the introduction of the series as well, along with those. Yeah. Um, so this <laughs> this phase has definitely been under a lot of scrutiny just because people feel the storytelling storytelling has been somewhat lacking. Yeah. Exactly. Um, whether you look at the movies where personally I think the only great movies were Wakanda Forever, Shang-Chi, and then uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, because the Eternals got a lot of flack. I yeah. That. And I need to rewatch that one just to see if I feel the same way about it. Because it was interesting, but yeah. the direction that film had, while it was a definitely definitely a risk creatively for MCU trying something different. It didn't right. deliver, didn't execute as folks well, yeah. thought it would. And I don't, um, how do I say this? Doctor Strange is just okay to me. I'm not all that interested in that character to begin yeah. with. So the the multi, multiverse of madness wasn't really it for me. So I haven't seen Black Panther, but yeah, I have seen Shang-Chi. And like you said, I think Spider-Man No Way Home was the best out of the films that came out yeah yeah with dr strange like his i mean his first movie was fine um this one has a sequel it i felt like it didn't go as far enough as i right, thought right. it would given it was supposed to be multiverse of madness like it there was not that much madness in the multiverse right right <laughs> um, now some would say that the series have done somewhat of a better job moving the story along. But again, there's there's sort of mixed reviews for that. Um, you have people that really like Loki, but then there's a general dis disgust for like um, the recent She-Hawk or uh, Hawkeye. So yeah. if it, this phase definitely feels like an experiment. Yeah, I I think one thing in terms of where they go next, one thing that can help them is maybe just like slowing down. You don't have to put out 20 things a year, or, you know, between exactly. two years. I, I think they're on like Tyler Perry syndrome where the writing is getting very just, uh, okay, well, I mean, and it, I don't know. I think patience is a, is a big thing going for it for the... Uh, for these phases exactly i i agree because with them implementing sort of this fast pace like if something happens for instance the pandemic like your entire right. slate for four or five years is then thrown into disarray so definitely right, right. spacing <clears throat> spacing the films out a bit more like 
not having five in a year or whatnot. Yeah. Could definitely and help. I, yeah, no, I, I think it would help tremendously to just let people uh let people miss it. You know, it's like we get done with one MCU movie and the next thing you know, there's no one coming out two months later or there's a new show. It's just like, you know, let people kind of I don't know, develop a thirst for it. Just like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen this in a while. And I think it worked better in those in that first decade because we didn't know it was accumulating to that big finale. Like right, we right. movies were coming out. And now that we know that this is like their plan, it's like, okay, we're not, a lot of people aren't going to the movies to enjoy the story that's being presented. They're going to see how it connects to whatever's coming next. And they're not worried about like the story being told, the actual film narrative. They're worried about the narrative of this colossal project. And yeah. it gets a little murky. So yeah, I say that in terms of of patience because I do not want them to mess up Blade. So many people like that yeah. franchise already, and and what it was, and um, they've got a good cast between the Mahershala Ali and Doe Lindo and everyone else that's in it, and it's just like, you know, please don't mess this up. Yeah, they have spectacular talent, and you know there were rumors that. You know, Mahershala wasn't satisfied with the script or whatever, and the director departed for whatever reasons, but the script is being rewritten, and they're looking yeah. for another director. So, you know, folks are upset that Blade was being sidetracked and thought, oh, they're doing this to this Black character, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we have Black yeah. Panther. We've got all the other Black shows. Why would you want them to rush this? because yeah, then already? they'll... Exactly. They'll get out there and Put that out and then they'll be saying oh they didn't take their time with this with the black folk the black character and it's like okay man yeah exactly it's, it's the way people do acrobats to like come up with these reasons of for things happen these conspiracies it's like not it just calm down okay yeah um i think we'll look back and see i mean they always have a plan but i think like I said, people are are going for how everything's connected instead of enjoying the ride. I think if if things were just a little bit more anticipated, one, if they weren't sharing everything, um, like every con, every convention, it's another yes. announcement. And I know that you have to do press yeah. stuff, but some of that stuff can can be hidden. Like the actors are are strict have strict NDAs and all this stuff, but like the people right. are the ones that leak this stuff and it, it kind of ruins the enjoyment for everybody. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, because that's it. And I'm be honest, as much as I like these films and whatnot, I I can't keep up because I, I, you know, I got to start like a, a web on a whiteboard and stuff, try to connect them together and everything. And it's just like, give me a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with DC allegedly following suit, they're going to have more competition. I, I Honestly, I think Marvel's competition is themselves to make sure they don't stumble on their feet. Let's just let DC do what they want to do. You know what I mean? But just 
kind of stay focused and realize it's a marathon and not a sprint. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens next year. Um, I am excited for the next Ant-Man movie because it, it generally looks like a sort of reset to for this story. We'll have phase five. Um, man, it looks like it's going to go in a totally different direction. So it, I think we'll be okay. It's just been a, a bit of a growing pain. I think most right, right. of it was from the pandemic. Like they, that was something no one expected and it just threw everything off. So they kind of salvaged what they could. Um, so maybe this will we'll see like a true step forward within the next year. Let's see. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our streams of the week. I was was going to watch The Crown and then I was like, I don't have time to like sit down and really yeah. watch. <laughs> so. And it is such a long show. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen and maybe it will happen. I don't know. But um, yeah. And I, I was attempting to watch um, the movie Window and Wild, but I kept dozing off yesterday. Hmm. Um, I I had just eaten and I guess I needed a nap or something. It was interesting, quite funny, um, but I just, I couldn't keep awake. So I'm going to try and watch that again later. But over at HBO Max, we've got The White Lotus. Uh, This was episode two. What did we think of the second offering of this new season? Um, This was another good episode. Um, (laughs) There isn't a couple in the show that I think I like. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I like anybody else. I I like characters separately, but uh, I can't get into the the, the couples together. They just kind of aggravate me. Yeah, um, I do like the two. I'm curious to where the whole storyline with the two sex workers is going to go. I and I wonder if they are going to have their own thing or if they are simply there for what's his name's character, Michael and Imperioli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, this episode was funny. A lot of good lines. When she called her Peppa Pig, I, I had to <laughs> laugh. <laughs> like, she's like, who am I? She's like, I don't know, Peppa Pig. And then she's like, no, I'm Monica Vitti. And she's like, well, Monica Vitti's dead. So <laughs> the, the way she's so blunt. Yeah, she's super blunt. Like in the first episode when uh the family's there and she's like oh i'm surprised you're here because you're so old i was like oh my right, god right, right. <laughs> but mm, yeah, yeah. couples are unlikable um obviously you're supposed to feel some type of sympathy for tanya and the way her right. husband is interacting with her um it's clear that he's possibly stepping out on her something is taking his attention so yeah you start to feel a little bit empathetic with her um i don't know how to feel about the assistant or the grandson yet um i guess that's a no that's good you bring that up because what i will say is i think that is um 
we, we see him start to crack a little bit, not crack in a bad way, but this whole kind of how he views himself is kind of like a, a nice guy. Yeah. There's something wrong. With, not Maybe he's not a horrible person or evil, but there's definitely something wrong with his view of the situation that his family is currently in and where he stands. So. Yeah. I feel like him trying to be the better man, like wanting to right. like, look for love for love and treat women right like he's sort of performing trying not to be like his father or grandfather and it's like you're not all that big to shoot and then the assistant is like wanting to let loose so there may be some miscommunication that happens there and um um, who else the Aubrey Plaza is good um yeah that that's an interesting thing. Her and her husband Ethan. I'm not. I don't. I'm just not sure what to make of the couples. They're not giving enough. It seems like Ethan has something that he's hiding that you're not getting out of him, and she's clearly thinking about the other guy. Mm-hmm. It's almost so, like if given a chance, she would definitely sleep with Theo James's character. Yeah, and I'm not sure Ethan would be upset though. He doesn't seem very. I don't know. It it doesn't seem like his character is very hurt, right? About the situation. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to put together, but yeah, they. I mean, of course, they love each other, but their relationship just functions differently than I don't know their names, but but James and uh, Megan Fahey, like they seem to be superficial, yeah. but exactly. they seem to be genuinely seem to genuinely like each other and right. and like are in sync where you know <laughs> Aubrey and uh Will Sharp's characters I mean they they are together but it's more rigid <laughs> yeah yeah there's something there's a divide and I always forget that Aubrey Plaza is actually like half Puerto Rican like that's that's a real thing that she was saying at the table mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm interested to see Sharp in this role um just because I mean, he's mostly in like British things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting to see him in something like this. Um, and I think Theo James did a good job. I never really thought he was a great actor, but he's he's yeah, he works in this role. Yeah. yeah, and he's actually funny, quite funny. Um, but that yeah. moment when he follows Aubrey in the ocean, that was a bit yeah, it's a bit much, and the whole phone call thing and the little thing about you know incompetence makes me homicidal it's like, oh, okay. yeah, like calm down sir that's yeah. a bit much um yeah, oh, go ahead no go ahead go ahead oh i was just gonna say some of the best parts of the show are with the two girls that are sex workers just kind of like the things they get into and yeah that 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 scene where they were trying to get on his put their names on his room and mm-hmm. the the uh the lady just try to find every excuse that she could to stop them. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely judging them harshly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting because that's, I mean, of an establishment of that type, of course, you want, you don't want to be seen as allowing that, but that's sort of like an old-fashioned way of thinking. Um, they're, they're, they're out there doing business just like you are. It's just a different... Okay type of business so um and then of course you've got uh the father the grandfather and the son 
Um, like, it's just sort of like the generational view of marriage and what it means to be married, what what the the husband's role is as far as dedication to his wife. And even if all these things happen, she's going to forgive you because you made a vow. It's like, no. Yeah, no, that was, that was really interesting. Yeah. Cause his father, uh, the, the older man does, he talks about, a, you know, Oh, I forgot the word he used to talk about his affairs. Like picadillos. Is that what he said? I think he called him picadillos. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he are, are peccadillos. I don't know what it was, but um but he uh but but then he's like, Yeah, you just uh, you know, I love your mother, blah blah blah. She would have been here on this trip with me no matter what. And you're absolutely right, just the difference between the three generations of how they view women in general is really interesting. But I'm curious to see just like how bad the cheating must have been or who he cheated right. with or who he cheated with. Yeah, because he described how it was like an addiction. So like right. was it ongoing and she didn't know and then she found out he's supposed to get help and then happened again. Um yeah, it it had to have been bad for his daughter to even and it and that's another thing like if if the son is such a good guy, why is he taking the father's side? Like exactly, he he because in that conversation at the dinner, he does he just kind of oh he cheated with multiple women on my mother, and I'm here as the peacemaker. I'm this this good force and all this badness. So right, right, <laughs> very interesting indeed. So we'll have episode three. Um, this week um see where the story uh takes us on white lotus all right um skipping down (laughs) to prime um via shutter via amc plus because that's how i have shutter i finished the queer for fear docuseries that explored uh the history of queer horror or queerness in horror um really good docuseries i learned a lot because i mean growing up i didn't watch a lot of horror movies um but i didn't realize how pivotal how basically queer people created horror just because of their own existence in the real world how they feel like outsiders how they're seen as monsters and how during the early years of hollywood especially once they passed um like the codes in the 1920s, 40s during uh, the Yellow Scare and all that stuff, how they had to sort of use horror to get their message past the codes and everything. Because um, once the codes passed, you couldn't have display homosexuality. You couldn't display, you know, blasphemous talk or talk against religion. Certain violent acts couldn't be displayed. So it's very interesting how they inserted these themes throughout their material. Um, and that's why horror has so many queer um, methodologies and everything. Everything from Dracula to Frankenstein to, you know, the body transformation films to werewolf right, right. movies. It is a very good docuseries. Right. I would definitely recommend it. 
Um, it, it just, I don't, as much as Hollywood preaches how it's liberal and everything, it really is not. Or, no, yeah, it, it is, but the powers that be don't want it to be. Like, no, that's, that's all very, it's a facade because when you, when you talk about the code, you think about the code happened in between the wars, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And then, that had a big part in changing Hollywood had a huge part in changing America in general. Who knows where we've been if the code hadn't been enforced? You know what I mean? I mean, right. not to say film would have changed everything socially, but you know, it kind of, it really did whitewash what we got in terms of people and um, just like uh, topics. Because mm -hmm. honestly, Hollywood was filled and still full of creators, queer creators. And right. then codes come and everyone has to be in the closet. Right. And you get law enforcement persecuting gay people for existing. Like, it's just a ripple right. effect. Um, It was just interesting to see the trajectory. And they spoke to so many people from Brian Fuller to... Um, Don Mancini, the creator of Chucky, who I did not know who was gay as well. Like, yeah, that one I knew. Yeah, because <laughs> I never watched Child's Play, so I wasn't really right. concerned with it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting that now these people are sort of getting more shine and are able to not not only speak about their projects, but speak about themselves through their projects. Yeah, and and you saw. Some it, it was interesting with uh whatchamacallit? Oh, why is this skipping the name? Hellraiser. With, mm -hmm. That's a, Clive Barker is gay. And when this came out and Jamie um why are people's names failing me? I heard oh my god. I know who you're talking about. Jamie Clayton. Jamie Clayton was meant to play Pinhead. Everybody's like, oh, she's trans, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, have you? Do you know the source material? Do you know? <laughs> like, let's be real right now. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, horror is, is gay. It's very gay. Right. Even yeah. when you look at the things in the 90s, like the Scream series and how in the first Scream, yeah. like, the sort of homoerotic relationship between Ski Aldrich and yes. his faces character. Like, it's always been there, but it's like no one talked about it, but now finally we're in a space where it's kind of a circular come back full circle to where it's being openly talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was it's such a good series. Um the first episode deals with like sort of the origins of horror with like Mary Shelley and mm -hmm. Bram Stoker. And then the second episode focuses on Alfred Hitchcock and James Well. Okay. Third episode was um like the body transformation, like werewolves, things of that nature, Frankenstein. Yeah. And then the fourth one sort of focused on lesbianism, uh, especially with vampire stories. They talked about uh, the movie Bound and The Hunger. So yeah, it, it was yeah. it was really interesting. Yeah, I know for Hitchcock, a lot of the, a lot of times people bring up the films Rope and um, yeah. Strangers on a Train, especially Rope. 
yeah, I, I've always wanted to see that movie because not just because of the gay part, but like it seemed interesting to see these people literally kill folks and, and just have the body in the apartment. Like the story is just yeah. fascinating. And they kill him like early. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I've seen it and I think it's one shot. I I'm not I don't think there are cutscenes. I think mm. it was like a very ambitious film for him because of kind of the the gay coding and the filming mm -hmm. methods. And one of the actors was actually closeted. Like a lot of the actors yeah. in these roles were closeted. Tony Perkins. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Um I don't remember his name, but the guy he was in uh I married a monster from outer space. Like he was playing a husband who was body snatched by an alien. He was in the closet. Like the parallels were insane. So if you can find it, definitely watch it. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. Um, then real quickly over at Disney Plus, Andor episode 10, one way out. One of the best episodes of television this year, hands down. Like okay. The show's amazing. If you've never been a Star Wars fan, but you like good TV, like definitely check it out. Um, okay. Andy Serkis is incredible. Stellan Skarsgård is incredible. And the past two episodes have been written by Bo Willman, who did House of Cards. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's very political, very grounded, just amazing work. All right, and to other, uh, see, we both watched Sherman Showcase. Boy, that shit was funny, man. That, I I lost control when um, he he starts talking. They did a little flashback to this time in Saigon, and the pregnant woman comes up, and then you see that little thing of him on the air on the helicopter. <laughs> I was dying, man. I was in tears. <laughs> that was hilarious. That whole uh Diddy's eight or whatever. Yes, yes. Like Ocean's Eleven. That was right. like the things was... that way was saying is just in crazy. Yes, and that one was funny because it was uh they asked who she was. I think they asked who Ka Casey was or Cassie or it wasn't Cassie, it was somebody that's part of Danity Kane. Oh yeah, yeah. They're like, "Who are you?" And she's like, oh, "I didn't know I'm from Danny Kane." I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh my goodness." Yeah, it. I was not expecting that because that was just too funny. Too. Yeah, funny. So... The show's outrageous, so we oh, yeah. check Absolutely. it out if you haven't. It's on IFC or AMC Plus, either one. Mm -hmm. The season's crazy good. All right, now are you rewatching Madman or Madman? I am. Uh, first, okay. I, have, I am starting from the beginning. I found it on this weird thing. There was it was streaming on. I don't have AMC Plus, but I'm thinking of getting it because I just saw something where it's like cheaper for like it, it was a deal because I think we're on the holidays. But we have this weird thing called Freebie. I don't know. Yeah, Freebie is Amazon Prime's. Uh, like free ad base thing. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. So that's what I'm watching it through from the beginning. I watched it when I was younger. It's probably too young to be watching this when it started, but I just started and kept. I was hooked to it, so um, just a rewatch and uh, see what I think of it now. It should be interesting. Okay. 
And I'm actually doing a rewatch of Law and Order Criminal Intent over at Peacock. They have all the seasons and it's amazing how much you remember. Like I'm going back to season one. I'm like, oh, I remember distinctly this episode. Like I know what happens. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'll definitely be interested in the later episode, later seasons. Cause that's when they started like switching detectives and stuff like that to see. Right, right. I haven't kind of tapped out at that point, but I, I'm going to be interested in rewatching it. Um, like I watch it in the morning so I get ready and stuff like that and before oh, okay. it. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Um we had the series finale of Atlanta. I actually had a catch up on the last four episodes, so I watched them this weekend. It was very yeah. satisfying. All right. Like I really enjoyed it. Um I enjoyed the last two seasons. I think my favorite season is season two because that's when I think they were at like a creative peak like nobody was doing anything like what they were doing and the show is like nothing else we have seen before so right right i'll definitely miss it but i i love the finale of that and then i saw black panther wakanda forever on thursday and then i went back to see it again this afternoon just to sort of like make a final judgment and it's it's wonderful like that first watch, you're just trying to like catch everything or just have it like right, right. experience stuff, but you're not really following as closely. The second watch, I could see all the pieces come together and parts I felt that didn't work actually worked the second time around because I because I wasn't awed by everything. I was actually watching and listening. It's it's a great film. Um and I give kudos to Ryan Coogler and Marvel Studios for for doing this movie given the circumstances just yeah yeah no one could yeah, expect I, any of that to happen all i've seen about it is that it's very emotional so yeah it's kind and, of an emotional experience of being there and i think it had to be like they didn't want to avoid those feelings given how honest they were to everyone like everyone had the right. same share the same emotions and like facing it head on was better than trying to sort of like sidestep it, I think. So right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, definitely recommend to go see it. So for your pick six, what what were your top watches this week? I would say this week's episode, Sherman Showcase, has been one of the best. So I'd put that one, the White Lotus has got me again. The thing is I usually watch the White Lotus um on dvr like i'll record it then watch it but i'm just so intrigued on what's going to happen i'm probably going to tune into it tonight so it's going to be here in like an hour or so so i'll do that and then yeah i'll end with mad men since i said i've already seen it i'm just re-watching it yeah i usually watch um why it was the next day just because like the hbo max app on my tv it's give or take when it's going to respond properly so (laughs) i just try to shoot the next day when less people are watching um but yeah i think my i had to say sherman showcase it's it's hilarious one of the funniest things out there right now next be wakanda forever and third i said queer for queer for fear like i really 
really loved it. I I hated that I didn't watch it as it, you know, each episode dropped because I really meant right. to. Um, but it worked as a binge as well. Like just so much information from so many different sources and actors, creators. It just made so much sense um, as to why horror is the way it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. And then what will be will you be streaming for the weekend? Okay. So I've got a couple of things. I need to catch up on Atlanta. So I'll probably finish. I think I have like four episodes left. I'll try and knock those out so I just can just um, finish out the series. Uh, Gangs of London is coming back on. That's on AMC. And uh, I, I fell off last season and kind of picked myself back up. So I'm going to try to stick with it. It was somehow both slow and not slow at the same time last year so i think i'm just going to stick with it and kind of tough it out um on disney plus i love these type of shows i saw a commercial the other day this is with it's called limitless with chris hemsworth so they just got him doing like kind of stuff pushing the human body to the limits like he's diving he's um i i, I saw him walking on some sort of platform that's really high up i'm not sure what it's all about but i'm intrigued so i'm gonna check that out and then on the 17th, which is Thursday, the Sex Lives of College Girls comes back. And this is the Mindy Kaling show. And I caught the last season. I think it's like 10 episodes. They're each 30 minutes. And it's really kind of good. It's kind of funny. It's You could call it lighthearted. It, it's easy to watch. If you've got nothing to do and you just turn it on, you'll be on episode six before you know it. All right. I definitely have to watch the first season of that show. I heard great things about it. So, yeah. I went the whole season without knowing one of the main characters was Timothy Chalamet's sister. Oh, I didn't know he had siblings. Yeah, her name is her name is Kim in the show, and her uh, her, her real name is Pauline. And when you look at her and then look at him, it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely oh wow, okay. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to check out "Is That Black Enough for You" documentary on okay. Netflix. Um, talks about the rise of black cinema during the 1970s. Um. I guess I'll start The Crown. I'll try to start season five. Like, I'm, I'm interested, but then I'm not interested. I don't know. Yeah. It's it, people, it's going to do numbers because of the story. But for right. me, it's just a slow-moving show. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what my friend said. She was like, it's so slow. So I don't yeah. um, And then I want to st start Gangs of London as well. Um, yeah. and there's a tons of other stuff I need to catch up on. I need to finish the patience. I need to finish. This is going to hurt <laughs> again. Oh, wow. it's, it's just a lot happening. So, yeah, but definitely is that black enough for you was on the list. Okay. <laughs> if this weather stays like it is, you'll have plenty of time to catch up on everything. Oh, definitely, because right. yeah, I that thirty degrees was just <laughs> a shock. I was yeah, yeah, wasn't ready for it at all, at all. We thank you for listening to this episode of It's Triple Life Podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Catch us next week when we uh, discuss. I forget something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until next time, keep on streaming. All right, peace.
There will be no episode next week for Thanksgiving, so we will see you all on the 30th. Keep on streaming.